like take me to a nunnery. Please no. Uh, Some shades of Hamlet in there. (laughs) Love it. I love it. I That's love good. it. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Screen Fix, the show where we will fix a recent Hollywood film. And this week we're fixing Oceans 8. So I am your host this week, Lady One, as JC is away and probably listening to some jazz in the mountains. I am here with my faithful co host, Mustachio. Say hi, Mustachio. Hey, everybody. And our guest fixer in studio this week, Nitro. Say hi. Hey, everybody. So, Mustachio, anything uh, movie-related you've been up to you might want to share with us? I am not going to speculate. I will leave that to JC. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good call. There's, those are outlandish at times. <laughs> one day he's going to nail it. Oh, man. He's, he's yeah, really close with a couple of them. But he, he gave like the ones for me to you. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. I, actually, I've been, been watching some movies with my niece, Ooh. Incredibles. Oh, and... get him ready. Uh, getting ready for Incredibles 2 coming out, and also the Lego Batman movie. I never oh, saw that until Isn't now. it amazing? It's so good. It's really, really great. It's super fun. Love it. Yeah, there's there's some deep cuts there, too. If you listen to, uh, like, Doug Loves Movies, you know that Doug Benson is always doing his Bane impression, and he is Bane <laughs> in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's cool. a really good. Definitely jokes for the uh, grown-ups watching mm. that movie, for sure. Oh, yeah. And Will Arnett's just, you know, Batmanning it up. It's, <laughs> it's, so, it's so good. He's he's Batman to me now. Yes, like he is my Batman. Sorry, Christian Bale. I've moved on. <laughs> so, uh, so, Nitro, you typically accompany Mustachio to see all of these sometimes good, sometimes bad movies. Uh, so, yeah. bless you. <laughs> Uh, thank yeah. you. Yes, thank you again. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> thank you for being with us this week. Yeah. Um, is there anything movie related that you've been up to that you'd like to share with everybody? A friend of mine really kind of like put me on to Queer Eye, and I've never seen it. Um, oh yeah. And literally within the past three days, I finished season one, and then season two just dropped the other day, and I yes. finished that all in like one setting, and it's just awesome. Like I love it so much, and. I love the so characters. Good. It's just so good and wholesome, and and I love it. And it brings tears so to happy. my, to my strong eyes, my <laughs> nitro eyes. So, <laughs> nitro, nitro. Do you need a makeover? You know, I don't know, man. I have been getting good tips though. I need to run to the to the clothing store and get some good stuff because I'm like, oh, this is good stuff. Yeah, I'm gonna write this down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I felt like I, I could hear them talking to me. They're like, these colors are not for you. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, good point. It's it's educational television, truly. Like on every level, there's something there. It's so definitely good. yeah, so good. Love it. Okay, so we're fixing Ocean's 8 this week. Mm. So it opened June 5th, uh, made $41 million its opening weekend. It did come out as number one that weekend. But as of right now, it's $65 million domestic with another $20 million international. So not bad, mm-hmm. like $85 million for this movie. However, the production budget for this movie was $70 million. What did they spend it on? (laughs) Real jewels? I mean, unless the goal was for every actress to get a paycheck that was equal Mm. to what they thought they were getting from the heist, I Mm. don't understand. Oh, wow, yeah. So our eight are Sandra Bullock, Kate Blanchett, Anne Hathaway, Sarah Paulson, Helena Bonham Carter, Rihanna, Mindy Kaling, and Aquafina. That's a lot of 
really important ladies. Mm-hmm. Oh, so the eight main women, between them all, they have won four Oscars, two Emmys, nine Grammys, six Golden Globes, five BAFTAs, and ten SAG Awards. Wow. Whoa. Cha-ching. That's wow. our $70 million. It's crazy, though. So... <laughs> I don't know in the in the long run because seventy million is production. That's not marketing. So I don't know that this movie is going to make all its money back. T B D. Too bad. Yeah. So I have a little bit of our our usual Rotten Tomatoes information. It's sixty eight percent fresh by critics, but only forty nine percent of audiences liked it. Ooh. I feel like whenever the audience score is lower than the critic score, that's a bad sign. Yeah. In comparison, Ocean's Eleven from 2001 was 82% fresh from critics and liked by 80% of audiences. And Ocean's Twelve still had 60% of audiences liking it. It was 54% Mm. rotten. I think we all kind of know that that was like technically a bad movie, but I would still rather watch it than this one. Totally. Also, I have to say, I did not know the writer and director for this movie is Gary Ross. He did Pleasantville, Seabiscuit, and The Hunger Games. But he also wrote Big. Like, he did the screenplay for Big. Oh, wow. Is that crazy? Yeah. And then, you know, he he did this. So, c- cool, Gary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get into it a little bit more. First, we have to have Mustachio Sassy Summary. Can you tell us what happens in Ocean's 8? Yes, I can. All right. <laughs> okay. So, Ocean's 8, we've got Sandra Bullock. She's Debbie Ocean. She's sitting before the parole board in jail, and she lets them know that she's fully rehabilitated and just wants to live out a quiet life after her release. She gets out, and she walks directly into a department store, and <laughs> she's, like, pilfering fragrances, makeup supplies, <laughs> candles, and other good smelly shit. She swindles her way into a nice hotel room that hasn't been cleaned yet, and she even takes a bath in it? Okay. Okay, um, <laughs> but I hope I hope she used some Clorox in there before. <laughs> she visits her dead brother, Danny Ocean's um, ma- mausoleum grave. Uh, he's dead. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. She links up with her blonde girl with a dragon tattoo esque friend uh, slash business partner Lou, played by <laughs> Kate Blanchett. They discuss the heist uh, that Debbie's been planning for the last five years while she's been in the tank. Uh, the job is to steal the Toussaint uh, necklace from Anna Hathaway's Daphne Kluger's airheaded actress character while she's attending this gala event, or gala to some. Uh, <laughs> they need a designer who can dress her with the necklace for the event. Enter Helena Bonham Carter as Rose Weil, ditzy veteran fashion designer whose comeback is an epic fail. Lou and Debbie walk in on her and they picture the heist idea. She's very nervous about having Daphne select her as well as being able to convince the prestigious French jewelers of Cotier to loan out the Toussaint, their $150 million necklace for the event. Okay, somehow this disgraced fashion icon talks them into it, and the heist is rounded out by a crew of Rihanna's Nine Ball, the security hacker. Mindy Kaling's Amita makes jewelry. Sarah Paulson seems the white-collar criminal in the burbs. Oh, and Aquafina's Constance is the street-smart pickpocket. We get a flashback of why Debbie went to prison. She hooked up with the artist-criminal douchebag Claude Becker. <laughs> yeah. He's a multi-hyphenate. <laughs> Yeah, so many hyphens in that. (laughs) And he convinced her to sell stolen art to what turned out to be law enforcement agents. She ain't talking, but he saves his own ass by saying it was all on her. 
she does her time, sets up the heist, and tells everyone in between that she has a plan for the job and she ain't going back to jail. The setup for the heist is pretty long. It's over half the movie. Too bad it doesn't feel like preparation and planning. Instead, it feels kind of like oversaturation of unfunny interaction sequences. Mm. I'm sorry. <laughs> so <laughs> every, sassy. Every, every once in a while, I just, like, I just jab in. Uh, <laughs> all right. So they set up the heist at Lou's place, and Tammy unveils a 3D printer that can print a copy of the necklace. Tammy also gets a job working event planning. Nineball makes puppy clickbait hack so she can get access to the security cameras at the event space. They have Daphne Kluger and Hathaway's character sit next to Claude Becker at a fundraiser dinner, so where they can hit it off. The setup's going according to plan. Daphne has a panic attack about her size when Rose is trying to fit her for the clothing, and the Toussaint uh, is revealed later to have a magnetic lock. So Nineball's brainy little sister just comes up with a replica magnetic key while she's riding on the subway. Boom, boom, boom. Now the gala event is underway. The Cartier guys are watching the necklaces every move at the event. Sandra Bullock attends the event as a blonde German celebrity, I guess. <laughs> Lou spikes Daphne's soup with something to make her vomit in the ladies' room, while Debbie blocks the Cartier boys from getting in. Constance pulls the necklace off Daphne, and now the event gets shut down to find the thief. Amita gets the necklace and is cutting it up in the back kitchen space. Tammy pulls the fake out of the water, and the show goes on. The girls all walk around in their nice dresses while each wearing a piece of the Toussaint. They leave to go back to the hideout, and Daphne Kluger is there wanting a portion of the cut. She picked up, supposedly, on Rose's bad acting, and now she wants in. They use her to go to Claude's place and plant the last piece of the necklace. James Corden comes in as an insurance fraud investigator. He wants to put it on Claude and not Debbie, who he somehow has a kind of a history with. She cuts him in on the deal, and she gives him the, a picture of how a portion of the necklace is inside Claude's place. A twist is revealed that while everyone was distracted at the event, Debbie has the rest of the royal event jewelry stolen by Yin from Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. Yeah, good old Yin. That means the girls each get 38 mil as opposed to 16 million apiece. So the girls all go their separate ways with how they would spend their cut. Lou, motorcycle journey. Nice. Tammy gets her own profiteering factory warehouse thing. Nine Ball opens up a pool hall called Nine Ball. Constance gets a flat in the inner city and is making viral videos skating around. Amita moves to Paris. Daphne becomes a director. Rose opens up her own designer brick and mortar in New York. And Debbie... She visits her brother's grave and has a martini and tells him he would have loved it. That's that's the movie right there. Mm. There it is. Good job, Mustachio. Uh, thank you. Very good. So before we start fixing it, we're going to be nice to it because we don't fix a movie because we hate it. We fix a movie because we've got some interesting ideas. So what did you like about Ocean's 8 Nitro? Well, you know, I saw in the movie that they really kind of took a lot of the same soundtrack, a lot of the movie shots and angles. And when they were cutting between scenes, it had a lot of really good editing Mm -hmm. that really reminded me of Ocean's Eleven. And Ocean's Eleven, like with George Clooney, I I just love that movie. I grew up with that movie. It was great. And that's one of the first things I noticed. I was like, okay, cool. It's just like a director nod. It's got the vibe. And I got the vibe. uh, And I liked that. I really did. So, and then I guess another thing that I really liked, I really liked Tammy. I love Tammy. Yeah. Sarah Paulson in this movie. Oh, like, yeah. I loved her. Like, she's just like, you know, the mom that just kind of living a normal life. It, but she like, apparently like hijacks shipping trucks or something. Or, 
And then she gets visited by her Debbie and, and she's like, I don't do this anymore. This isn't me. <laughs> and then she finally tells her, oh, this is how much it is. And she's okay, I'm in. And then like <laughs> goes on like a fun weekend with the girls and tells yeah. her has to tell her son that. And I, I don't know. I just felt like it was more of a realistic character and just like normal life that was just deciding to do this thing to just kind of have some fun. And that's what I really liked about it too. And, you know, I really connected with that on a, a realistic level for me. So... Just like mommy's going to take her trip. <laughs> I, I feel like I've heard my mom say that before in the past. <laughs> like, like oh, I'm taking a trip with the girls, going, yeah. going to uh, the casinos. Like, Do you think she was pulling a heist, Mustachio? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> my mom's a total heist character. <laughs> I love it. I love yeah. it. So what did you enjoy about this movie, Mustachio? Okay, I I really liked Helena Bonham Carter's character Rose, mm-hmm. like reading her own mean tweet. <laughs> yeah, uh, I laughed at that. I um I liked I liked uh, Nine Ball in this movie. Yeah, I really liked how she had like the doggy website to get access to like, the security controls. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, he totally fell for that. And if that's what hackers are doing, that's that's crazy. Because I mean, yeah, like man. that was directly for him. There's no way he would have not clicked on that. <laughs> no, that was that was textbook social engineering followed by brute force. Right. That was that was that. I not even like nerded out like in the theater. I was like, I know what this is. It's social engineering. Yeah. She used brute force to crack the password. Like I was really proud of myself for knowing. That's, that's so cool. <laughs> There, there were definitely some, like, interesting, like, interactions and moments that they had. I, I really liked her social engineering of the head of security. That was super mm. funny. Mm-hmm. In general, I really liked Helena Bottom Carter and Sarah Paulson. Like, their two characters, I think, were my favorite. Yep. I think I knew the most about those two. So I think that's mm. why they were my favorite, is I really got where they were coming from, what their problems are. You know, I knew enough about them to be interested in what was going on. So I thought that was really good. Their performances were pretty great. And also, Anne Hathaway was, that character was terrible and awesome at the same time. Where I was just like, oh, I hate Daphne, but also like, she's cool. I really liked her too. Like, it was just really fun. And it felt really like, you could tell that, you know, Anne Hathaway really had fun with this role. And for me personally, like, I think she's beautiful. Oh, my God. Like, Anne oh, Hathaway, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. Just, like, I just want to, like, stare at you. Not creepily, but just kind of like, oh, wow. <laughs> not uh, not creepily. <laughs> yeah, not creepily. Just kind of yeah. like, wow, you're so, you're just amazing. Uh, you know? <laughs> All right. Now well, we got to fix this shit. Yeah. first watched the trailer for Ocean's 8 like many months ago we saw that Sandra Bullock's character is supposed to be Danny Ocean's sister I was like oh that kind of stinks like I didn't want her to be his sister I wanted Ocean to be what a criminal calls themselves when they're putting together a crew for a heist I wanted Mm. that to be like a call sign in like the criminal underground or something I think that would be way cooler and way less forced like oh he had a sister who also pulls cons that we've never heard about even though we've watched him pull three major crimes what why why would she not ever show up if that's what she did right so I just would have preferred if she's not really Debbie Ocean she's just Debbie 
And ocean is what you call yourself when you're doing this kind of job. And then your quote-unquote ocean's cinematic universe could be huge. It could be anybody. Mm -hmm. Like, we're not having to tie it to this family anymore. That's Um, awesome. You're you're pulling a Danny McBride. And you're like, (laughs) they don't have to be brother and sister. No, they don't. (laughs) Although, I will say, I did love the moment where Constance was like, is that your brother? He's hot. Are you sure he's dead? And she's like, no. I did like that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Mustachio, do you have a, a first fix for us? A minor gripe would be that the, the girls, I liked how they were walking down the stairwell after it's all over and they're all dressed up. But where were those dresses? How did they have everything ready to go? And here's the thing, like the dress up part isn't even my biggest problem with it. It's they are dressed up and now they're at an event that they don't have tickets for. <laughs> right. And and more than the dresses thing, I'm going to play the girl card yes. here. Their makeup and hair is not what they have been wearing <laughs> all night. Constance is dressed like a busboy. And then when she is walking out, she is styled to the nines mm-hmm. with her hair is down and look, she looks beautiful. And I'm like, no, you did not pull that off in 10 minutes in the bathroom. You just no. didn't. I want to learn how to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, me too. Is it like the fifth <laughs> element where she finds that machine where she just puts it over her face and click all her makeup's done? <laughs> yeah. I got to get one of those. Yeah. You don't think like the, this high insecurity is going to like notice these random people. They talk about how like high in, this is the highest end security system in America <laughs> and all this stuff where it's just like, um, well, these people are they're just walking out of here. Like, I think you're going to like notice. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Nitro, do you have a first fix for us? Right when Debbie leaves prison, first thing that she does is goes to a high-end cosmetics store. And did you see her selectively choosing, you know, lipstick, perfumes, you know, toners and things of that nature. And then it just cuts to her going to the checkout counter saying, I need to return these. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just like, okay, ma'am, well, do you have the receipt like any normal employee would do in this situation? She said, no, they're unopened. They're fine. I just don't need them anymore well she's just like well i have to have this available for to return your money and she's like fine just don't worry about it can i at least just have a bag so Mm -hmm. i can walk out with these and then she just leaves and it's like okay all right guys it's 2018 it's you can't just let people walk out with this product in a bag she stole clothing like really nice clothing and it still has a tag (laughs) on them yeah how are you gonna get that out of there like at least show us your mischievous way of getting these clothes through security with the tag still on them you know like i don't think you can get away with this stuff this easily especially in these nice Mm high-end stores there's too many things in place there's too many protocols in place for them to not let that happen and like personally like i have i've dealt worked in retail i work in like a high-end retail store and that's one of the things that you're trained on. It's like if someone brings this to you and they don't have a receipt, you are required to take that from them and leave that at the counter for inventory purposes. And like, I just didn't get yeah. that. Like, it's like at least show how you were able to get out of there. You know what I mean? I think, I don't know for, for certain, I've not done it, but I would say, I think what they're trying to present is that if you look rich, you're going to get less questions than if you look suspicious at Target or Walmart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Yeah, that makes sense. I can see that. 
So what I loved about the Clooney Oceans movies, even Oceans 13, was the interaction between the characters. They have like almost like an unspoken language, like they're barely speaking to each other, particularly Rusty and Danny, like they barely speak to each other to have full conversations and that's really entertaining to watch and there's so many other times with the interactions between the other characters where they take like this high tension moment and they sort of turn it on its head with like some silly interaction like in Ocean's Eleven with George Clooney and Matt Damon when they're in the vault and Mm -hmm. the detonator won't go off because they didn't bring batteries like oh well I always bring extras that was a funny sort of Mm lighthearted moment in the middle of this high tension (laughs) Mm -hmm. heist yeah. And they could have even like called back to that where it would have been nice to see, you know, Kate Blanchett is through their their connected conversations is saying, you know, I don't have it. I need batteries. And maybe Sandra Bullock's got them like tucked in her garter in her gown. And she's like, I always bring extra batteries, just like they did mm-hmm. in Ocean's Eleven, like always have extras. And then we could see later in the reveal when they show how they did the heist that they were for the little toy submarine. Yeah. So we can have a little wink to that there. I think that would have been fun to kind of lighten the mood a little bit and i think that makes the whole viewing experience much more enjoyable and you know you find yourself chuckling yeah mm-hmm. i didn't chuckle enough in oh. this one so i think that would have been a fun wink to the uh 2001 movie that's, that's mm-hmm. really good i felt like the heist suspense of this movie weighed approximately six pounds <laughs> this oh my gosh like i did not feel like they were gonna fail at any time i felt like there was just this long setup Mm -hmm. for the heist that that kind of makes the heist feel too small at the end because it's it's over so quickly and there wasn't a whole lot of hiccups like you said with like say it could have been like this little submarine or there there could have been more to show like oh hey this heist is dangerous and what's at stake instead like what's at stake is just like Debbie Ocean getting reminded that hey you could go back to jail for this and then the Cartier guys mm-hmm. saying the price of the necklace over and over that it's 150 million dollars so Debbie I never felt like she was ever going to go back to jail and everything went according to plan right yeah yeah the obstacles seemed immediately solved every single time and Sandra Bullock's confidence just completely had me sold the whole time I was like yeah no she's right she'll be fine whereas in the Clooney ones I was nervous for him I was like oh I don't know if this is gonna happen like I feel like in the Clooney ones they gave me a much bigger picture of Mm -hmm. what could go wrong and so I believed things could go wrong and in this one it was just sort of like no that's fixed no that's fixed none of these obstacles lasted more than like two minutes Yeah, the hiccups of the magnetic key that needed to be made and then also, I guess, Amita having to work under pressure to cut up the jewelry. These things just, they didn't feel like they should have been the full weight of the heist suspense. And so that just made it feel small for me. And I don't want Mm -hmm. a big heist like this to feel small. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, totally. Nitro, do you have another fix for us? I do. So when Helena Bottom Carter, Rose, and Daphne Kluger go meet with Cartier mm-hmm. about this necklace, Cartier said, no, like, right. we're not doing this for you. Sorry. But then, like, it cuts to them where Rose starts speaking French to Cartier, and all she says to them is, this will make you relevant again. This will put you on the map. Mm-hmm. And then it's almost like it's like a bipolar reaction, like, 
oh, okay, that sounds good. Right? And then they just take them down into the really ball. And it's like, whoa, 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 hold on a minute. Like, this is a big deal. Like, you obviously have said that this necklace is $150 million. So, like, what I would have liked to have seen is how possibly Daphne Kluger might have had some, like, prior connections with Cartier. They, they've they worked with her before. Like, they've, they've shown that Daphne Kluger has worn our jewelry before, and we have a great relationship with her, and she has this French connection. Oh, yeah. To where they feel, yeah, like, they feel more comfortable letting her wear this piece of jewelry. I think that would have been really neat to, like, show that they will allow her to do yeah. this. Yeah. It's, it's similar, like, again, it was... A, a huge obstacle that was immediately handled in like two sentences. Well, yep. Like, what are what are we doing, guys? <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh boy, yeah. What about you, Lady One? Do you have another fix for us? Yes, I do. So I feel like the major problem for me with this movie was that I was not really connecting to any of the characters. Mm. I didn't know anything about any of them. I feel like they tried to give a little bit of character development to Sarah Paulson's yep. with her having the garage full of stuff and her, you know, even mid heist being on the phone with the kids being like, no, mommy has to help her friend. Well, because that's what you do for friends. So I think she was my favorite character along mm-hmm. with Rose Wilde because you also saw that Rose is like, you know, crying <laughs> after a terrible fashion show <laughs> and that like you hear about how she used to be huge. So those two are my favorites because... I actually know stuff about them. So when they're rounding up the crew, there's eight women. Only four of them are actually criminals. The other four are just regular people. And like, sure, who wouldn't want a chance to get $16 million? But shouldn't there be some sort of character development and explanation as to why they're willing to risk going to prison? (laughs) to get the right? money mm-hmm. if all it took was just the chance to get money wouldn't they be knocking over banks on their own like they're not criminals yet <laughs> half of the team are just regular people so i want you to show me why they're so desperate to take this job why they're willing to risk it all what are the stakes and so we got a bit of that with rose Wild. like she's worried she's gonna go bankrupt and lose everything and we see that, but I don't know anything about Mindy Kaling's character other than that her mom gives her a hard time about not being married. <laughs> that's that's it. That's all we know. That's it. She had like one scene. I feel like all of Mindy Kaling's lines in the entire movie are in the trailer. Mm. Like she barely says or does anything in this. We don't get to know her. So for the, the non-criminals, I want flashbacks showing me why they're willing to risk it all to get into this. And for the criminals... I want flashbacks to show me what their skills are. I want to know what they're contributing to this. Because I get that Rihanna's a hacker and they show that she could turn the lights off in the place where they're planning things. But that's it. She showed the one thing. Constance shows that she can play three-card Monty and she steals their watches. Mm -hmm. But I don't know what Lou does. I don't know what her contributions are to the heist other than just being around and driving the little toy submarine. They say that she was Sandra Bullock's partner before she went to jail but she wasn't her partner on the art heist that she was running oh yeah so it's at least been a minute since they worked together so i i don't know and and that makes me not understand everybody's role and not understand their motivation i don't i don't get it yeah Mm -hmm. she was i Kate blanchett's lovely but lou did not even compare to rusty as far as a sidekick (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah not even close all right, do you have another fix, Mustachio? Like, 
my fix has a little bit to do with the Mindy Kaling character. I so my biggest okay. question, <laughs> my biggest question <laughs> after this movie was uh, regarding the Toussaint necklace. Why did they cut it up? They I, had to. Okay, so I deduced like why they were why they were cutting it up, but I still like I'm a total guy. Like I don't understand what's going on in certain portions of this. So I did not understand that at all because neither did Mr. Lady One. He had no clue oh, that that right? was what happened to the next. Thank you, Mr. Lady One. Oh, yeah. Oh my. It was Thank not you. clear at all. They just showed her like fiddling around and then handing yeah. stuff exactly. to Constance. Exactly. Exactly. And so I, I kind of wanted to like see it from maybe a female viewpoint. Like they wanted to be seen, you know, in their dresses and wear the jewelry out. And that's part of it. Like in plain sight, walk out with these, you know, this jewelry. That's cool. But then like if that's going to be the case, then show me how like these things get inspected and there's no way that anyone could ever tell that what Mindy Kaling's character did with this jewelry could ever be conceived as coming from the Toussaint and yeah yeah, so having those pieces laid out like all seven of them on Amita's board Mm -hmm. and having that show like okay this is the work that she's done as opposed to as opposed to like oh she just cut them up and they just slapped them on like like slap band bracelets or something I'm like, yeah, I, I feel like that a single shot just showing seven pieces on the black velvet would have done everything that you needed to understand how the jewelry was getting out. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't make it clear enough. And then also, I will say I am still kind of confused about what they did with the pieces. It seemed like they had all of those various old women actresses, including Marlo Thomas, like sell the jewelry to a holding company for auction so were they like triple dipping as far as like they stole it then they sold it then they used it to frame him they could have just stole it i didn't need them to then sell it and then frame claude they could have just had the one piece in his apartment be enough to right right they didn't need to sell the jewelry to his holding company and then auction it off it was messy it got messier than it needed to be yeah and i and i agree like and kind of like what you touched on lady one with you know not having enough like depth to some of these characters Mm -hmm. just that simple scene of her uh, cutting this jewelry up in the bathroom would have shown just how important she really was to this overall heist like just that simple scene Mm -hmm. fixed the how it got out of there and like given just a little bit more importance to her as a character in this movie right yep Nitro, you got a, you got another fix for us? I do. So I'm going to kind of follow up with Anne Hathaway's character, Daphne Kluger. You know, so in the movie, it just really it shows later on as the twist that she noticed that something was up with Helena Bonham Carter, Rose's character in this movie, based on her bad acting and her use of her cell mm-hmm. phone to take a shot of her when they're inspecting like the magnetic device okay so i think it would have been really cool that daphne was involved way early on definitely way early on to into this movie and like to follow that up it's just that so like rose is portrayed as this wispy kind of all over the place designer like can't really keep it Mm. together and like i think that it would have been cool to show that debbie specifically chose Rose in order for Rose to spill the beans to Anne Hathaway like really early to where she specifically did that like she was like I'm gonna pick 
hate this person because I know that she's going to mess this up. And then Mm -hmm. that way it'll get Daphne involved early on so that we can plant this extra piece of the jewelry into Claude's jacket. Yeah. Just, I felt really underwhelmed through this movie. It just would have given way more Mm. depth. And it really would have made it feel like, oh, wow, like she was involved like way early on. I feel like if that would have happened, really been more surprised. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That Daphne reveal was so disappointing. It was clear from all of the marketing that she was part of the eight and in on it. So you can't possibly expect me to be surprised when she walks in like, well, guys, the only thing I was surprised about was that how late she joined in. Yeah. I agree with you. It should have been all laid out as part of Debbie's plan. Nice, nice. Nitro, nice, man. You really yeah. fixed Daphne Kluger's character. <laughs> man, you, you, you did have your eyes on her. I mean, dude, you know, she, she's easy on the eyes, I have to say. All right, excellent fixes, gentlemen. Very good. Does anybody have any final thoughts or any other things they want to share or mention about the movie? Uh, um, I, I have one more, and sure. it's really short. You know, I... I feel like this movie made me think a little too much about Ocean's Eleven. Mm. You know, with some of the scenes, they were very similar. And, like, it felt like they were really kind of copycat it. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Don't get me wrong. Like, take elements from Ocean's Eleven. Like I said in one of my likes, like, some of the music and yeah. some of the shots. But don't make it exactly like this movie like make it your own like make it something really kind of twisty and different you know I wanted this to be its own movie I wanted this to be different and feel big but I feel like they were just kind of you know just shorting it up with just making it look very similar to Ocean's Eleven you know that's it (laughs) like in this one she's trying to get back at her ex and in the Clooney one he's trying to get his ex back like it's Oh, yeah. so so similar. Yeah, like, come nice. on. Like... <laughs> All right. I think that's everything. I think we fixed it. Did we fix it? Yeah, I think we did. <laughs> yeah. We can consider Ocean's 8 screen, screen fixed. Lady One, will you, uh, will you send us home? Yes, I will. So if you have a thought you'd like to share with the show, please email us at screenfixpod at gmail.com or you can tweet us at screenfixpod. We've got movie news and comments and funny things on Twitter all the time, so please follow along. We're also on Instagram, at ScreenFixPod, and on Facebook, ScreenFixPodcast. And uh, you can listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, all the fun things. Please rate, review, and subscribe. And uh, as they say on another podcast I like to listen to, Womp It Up, reach one, teach one, and uh, <laughs> share, <laughs> share if you love the show. And also, we have hopes of starting our own one-screen theater for indie films. And we have a Patreon account that you can donate to to help make this happen. There will be incentives and perks and and all sorts of good stuff for those that contribute. So help us keep this going at these Screen Fix studios. They they don't (laughs) rent themselves. (laughs) And we love doing this, and we hope you love listening. So help contribute and be a part of this. Also, thank you, Nitro. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for joining us in the studio this week. Yeah, no, thank you, guys. You know, I, I really like this podcast and it, I felt really excited and I was just like, oh, okay, cool. I, I, I'm <laughs> excited to be here. Like, it's really fun. And, you know, this was definitely the highlight of my week. So thank you guys so, awesome. so much. I really appreciate it. <laughs> awesome. Oh, I feel like you've been a, a silent screen fixer for a while seeing all of these <laughs> questionable oh, yes. movies with the statue. <laughs> oh, he has. You're really putting in the work. 
Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Do we have any ideas for what should send us out? Your best German impression. I'm just kidding. <gasps> oh, wow. <laughs> Why does it always have to be terrible impressions? Okay. <laughs> Uh, why do I feel like Nitro and I are just about to like hash out some beer fest? Go for it. <laughs> Mustachio, do it. Yeah, I really like her German. It sounded good, yeah. Like, a little and sp- und- uh, Yeah. It was a little too bouncy. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's going to be a little angrier. I really liked her f- the, the look. <laughs> How good did one. he not recognize her in the blonde wig? <laughs> That's very good. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Nitro. Nitro, yeah. give us your Deutschlander. A Deutschland. Grandpapa. Yeah. Oh, um, dusen, dusen. Oh, come on. Of Sladen. Who can? Come on. Come have some. Oh, come have some sex with us. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, you guys are really making me want to watch Beer Fest. It's so good. <laughs> come on, Lady One. Yeah, this movie is not very good. No. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Avita Sage.